Welcome. It is August 7th. This week in real estate news, moments after the previous CDC eviction moratorium ended, a new one was put in place. We'll be giving you more details on what this one entails. Also, Redfin adds climate risk ratings to its listings in an effort to better inform potential buyers on what the climates will be in the areas that they are looking to purchase. Cash offers are again blocking first-time buyers. We'll dig more into the details of how first-time buyers are struggling to compete with people who can pay cash for homes in this seller's market that we are in. Lastly, 15-year fixed-rate mortgages reach a record low. That is this week on the Real Estate for All podcast. things off with our top story of the week. On August 3rd, the CDC issued a new ban on evictions that runs until October 3rd. The action comes after lawmakers in the U.S. House failed in a last-minute attempt to extend the previous moratorium. So the new eviction moratorium from the CDC will be more limited in scope and will apply only to counties with, quote, heightened levels of community transmission of COVID-19. So as the Delta variant quickly spreads, that covers the vast majority of the country. And in a news conference with President Joe Biden, he expects that this new CDC moratorium will cover about 90 percent of all renters. My feelings on this are similar to what the NAR is looking into and has expressed, which is that there needs to be some assistance in place for the homeowners as well. So there is about $50 billion in rental assistance that the NAR is petitioning to try and um, get expedited to help out these housing providers. And as of uh, about a week ago, only 6.5% of those funds have been distributed. So the NAR, National Association of Realtors, is calling on states to move with more urgency to get that money pushed out sooner, get it pushed out quicker. These bans go into effect immediately, but the money and the rental assistance needed to help housing providers, it's this trickle, it's just trickling out. It's a slow rollout and only 6.5% of that money has been distributed. So it's like, let's get on the ball. These bans go in effect immediately. We need to have that same sense of urgency and having the assistance that the housing providers needed rolled out as well. We have a lot of relief that has been given to the renters, but a lot of these homeowners, even though for a period of time their homes couldn't be foreclosed on, there are still other responsibilities that homeowners have. They're still responsible for paying taxes on the home. They're still responsible for insurance on the home. They're still responsible for the maintenance and upkeep of the home. And without getting any money in from renters, it makes it hard for them to maintain the home in the proper condition that it needs to be maintained and also to save up the money necessary to be able to pay taxes, which are still going to be due at the end of the year when they file their taxes. So I am definitely of the mindset that there needs to be more done to help out the homeowners, not just the renters. I feel for the homeowners out there right now because this is a business. And the federal government, in my opinion, is limiting what they're able to do in their business. They are offering these 
of financial assistance to other companies, but these homeowners, this is their business. This is the way they have income coming in for a lot of them. So, and it also, in my opinion, interferes with their property rights. They own this property, but the government is limiting them in how they can maintain this property. And I think our homeowners are really getting hit and they need to do something soon to help assist them. Even though I know we have the renters uh, assistance coming in place, but that is so slow being rolled out. And for those who are thinking that, oh, there's a wealth of money that a lot of these homeowners have built up and you know they can afford to take a hit unlike the renters who can't afford to take a hit. Just to help guide you into a more accurate assessment, about half of all housing providers are mom and pop operators without rental income and they cannot afford to pay their bills on their own or maintain their properties. So these are not corporations who own the majority of these properties that are being rented out. They're just individuals like you and me and most Americans out there who have one rental property or two rental properties and they need the money from that rent to be able to pay their bills, to be able to pay the taxes and the insurance, um, to be able to maintain and upkeep those homes the way they need to be if there's HVAC uh, maintenance that needs to happen or maybe a new roof or whatever that might be. So the NAR president, Charlie Opler is quoted saying, the NAR has always advocated the best solutions for all parties was rental assistance paid directly to housing providers to cover the rent and utilities of any vulnerable tenants during the pandemic. No housing provider wants to evict a tenant and considers it as only a last resort. So I do agree that if there is rental assistance to be paid out by the government, that does need to go directly to the homeowners. That is the purpose and intent of the rental assistance. And it is the homeowners who also do need that rental assistance to be able to cover their expenses, maintain the property, pay the taxes and insurance on the property and handle all of that stuff as well. So I, I am of the agreement with the NAR president that any rental assistance does need to go directly to those homeowners because that is the intent of that money where it should go. There are county regulations that those homeowners have to stay within in order to maintain their properties. If they can't get a roof repaired, then you have a tenant who's saying, well, we really shouldn't be paying for that period of time anyway because the roof was not repaired. Well, they couldn't get it repaired because rent hasn't been paid and they don't have the income that would have been sufficient enough to pay that. So then we're talking about whether or not they stand in compliance with the county. It is a lot to think about. It's a heavy load on these land, uh, homeowners right now. Half of all of these housing providers are mom and pop operators. They are not corporations. They are not businesses that have millions of dollars on the books that they can tap into when they need to to help cover some of the shortages that they are having. These are mom and pop operators. Some of them may be your neighbors. Some people have actually had to sell their properties because they could not cover the expenses because they were not getting rent and their tenants didn't have to pay rent. But the homeowners still had obligations and responsibilities due and because they couldn't cover those obligations and responsibilities, there's actually been a number of people that have had to sell their homes. And my heart does go out to the homeowners because they, they are in a tough situation as well. And it is, seems like they're kind of being overlooked when it comes to 
the assistance that they have not been provided in comparison to what tenants have been provided. And then in addition, when that homeowner has to make the decision that they need to sell this property to save themselves from a financial devastating position, that means that tenant now has to enter into the market, which is already short on homes and properties. So they sell the property, a homeowner gets it, or another investor might, we don't know. But however, you now have a family who's still displaced. And as we spoke about in the last episode, rental rates are going sky high and it's a hot rental market right now. Rental rates have reached record highs in 44 out of the 55 largest metros. Tough to purchase a home, but it's also tough when you're trying to rent a home, especially if your intent is to rent a home hoping to eventually save up money to purchase a home later with these high rental rates is pinching into how much you're able to actually save up to get a home in the future. And as we talked earlier, when you put that family out in the market, they're not able to go in and, and rent at the same level where they were. So it's a lot to be considered in this. And I'm hoping that the government is looking at it from all sides because right now I don't see a balance. The new order will likely face more legal challenges as housing providers scramble to make up for more than a year of lost rent. To put in perspective how much rent has been lost, more than 13 billion per month in rent went unpaid during the last CDC ordered moratorium, which was in place for about 10 months starting in September of 2020. That's just a high number for, you know, the amount of rent that is still due, but what are the odds or the likelihood that that rent gets paid later on if you are, you, you add up 13 billion per month over 10 months. What are the odds that, that those homeowners end up getting that money back? Especially when the courts are already bogged down and behind because they have been closed a lot during the pandemic. Plus, they've been working virtually. A lot of court systems have not returned back to full service. So how long is that process going to be for them to get to that eviction uh, notice that has been filed? Also of note, about a week ago, the National Apartment Association filed a lawsuit in federal claims court that demands the federal government compensate housing providers due to their quote, severe economic losses, end quote, from the eviction moratorium. That complaint estimates housing providers face $26.6 billion in debt and contends that the CDC's ban violates the rights of housing providers. So that speaks a little bit to what you were speaking of earlier. People in this country have the right to own property, to That's maintain right. their property, and mm -hmm. to operate their property within the confines of the law. But then when bans go out and moratoriums go out that prevent people from being able to do what's necessary to maintain their property, they're just forced to take these losses, which is as a result of the CDC's ban on evicting tenants for non-payment of rent. I do empathize with both sides. I, I empathize with the tenants who aren't able to pay their rent because of jobs that have been lost. Um, wages that may have been lost, but there's a whole other side that can't go unlooked in either, which is the providers of the housing. 
it's a system, it's a business, as you stated earlier. And if all entities involved in a business transaction are not able to fulfill their obligations, but help is only afforded to one side of that, the other side is kind of left hanging in the balance. And it's not going to be good if there ends up being a lot of whether it be foreclosures or whatever might end up happening because of this non-payment of rent. So I definitely hope that something is done to uh, shed some assistance to both sides of the transaction and not just uh, the tenants, but that the housing providers get looked out after also. So the Alabama and Georgia associations of realtors with the NAR's help brought a lawsuit against the original CDC moratorium challenging the agency's authority to impose a ban on evictions. And in May, the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia ruled in that case that the CDC overstepped its authority, but the judge kept the moratorium in place during the government's appeal, which is still pending. Mm -hmm. So again, that previous moratorium ended on the 31st of July, but then on August 3rd, the new one was put into place to go until October 3rd. So leaves others outside of just me a little baffled as to how one can be ruled as, you know, the CDC overstepped its bounds, but then three days later they issue a new one. It, it, the dots aren't connecting in my mind. <laughs> um, in June, of 2021, a majority of the U.S. Supreme Court agreed that the CDC exceeded its authority with the ban and four justices called on the ban to end immediately. But the court allowed the ban to stay in effect until its July 31st deadline to allow for more time for a transition and for distribution of rental assistance. Again, we hit that deadline. The Supreme Court agreed that the CDC overstepped its authority. And three days later, after that expiration of the original CDC moratorium, a new one gets issued. I don't see how we have federal judges and the U.S. Supreme Court ruling one direction. And then we've got, you know, other entities operating seemingly against those rulings. But more to come. And we will definitely keep you updated with whatever developments unfold as they unfold. Moving on to our next topic, Redfin adds climate risk ratings to its listings. So the real estate brokerage Redfin, which most people have heard of, has begun to publish climate risk data in its listings and throughout its website to help home buyers and homeowners understand the threat of fire, heat, drought, and storms to properties across the country. A lot of people, especially in a post-pandemic world, now have an option to work from home, uh, have an option to work remotely. And where they choose to live is now more of where they would prefer to live, not where they have to move for a job. So because of that, climate does weigh maybe a little bit even more so now in a post-pandemic world into where a person would decide to live because let's say you're in an area that gets a lot of uh, wildfires like California does every year. You're in an area that sees hurricanes, you know, maybe in uh, Florida or Louisiana or whatever the climate may be in these different areas around the U.S., maybe that plays a heavy role in you not wanting to deal with that threat that takes place every single year. And you want to 
live somewhere else where maybe you're not battling the weather so much or the climate so much. Right, because home purchase is, a, for most people, their largest purchase. And if you're purchasing a $500,000 house, that purchase in California is going to look far different than in Georgia. And so what happens is people have a choice. They can choose the climate in California for their 500, or they can choose a larger property probably for 500 in another state where their weather is, does not have the drought issues or the fire issues or the storms and things of that nature. And we know that each region is gonna have its own little particulars as its weather patterns. A new survey shows that Americans are factoring climate change into their home buying decisions. About half of 2000 survey respondents who plan to move in the next year said extreme temperatures and the increasing frequency or intensity of natural natural disasters played a role in their decision to relocate. And about one third of respondents said that rising sea levels influenced their decisions of where to buy or move away from. So nearly 80% of consumers said that an area's increasing frequency or intensity of natural disasters in an area would make them hesitant to buy a home. And furthermore, more than one third of homeowners said they have spent at least $5,000 in protecting their homes against climate threats. Cash offers are again blocking first-time home buyers. Bidding wars and high home prices are increasingly sidelining first-time home buyers. First-time homebuyers have just had it rough in this last year and a half plus throughout this throughout this pandemic. It's it's been uh, it's been a rough ride for people who are trying to enter the housing market for the first time. But to make matters more challenging, they are also up against investors who are willing to pay cash for a home, which first-time homebuyers typically are unable to do. And so they're losing out on homes facing multiple offers and missing some of the lowest mortgage rates that we'll speak about in a minute as well. But when it comes to purchasing a home, cash is still king. If you are a seller of a home and you have two offers that let's just say are equal offers, the only difference being one person is financing and the other person is paying cash. Well, when you have cash, you're not having to wait for approval through lenders. You're not having to incur a lot of the other stipulations that are put on uh, mortgages. You know, when you're going through the whole financing process and insurance and all of that other stuff, you just pay cash for the home. When you have a lender, there has to be an appraisal. Normally they will still do an inspection um, because you do want to know the condition of a home, but that purchase can happen a lot quicker when you have an all cash offer. And less opportunities for hiccups. And so what happens is, is in that cash offer, what they're looking for is do the title search. Usually the longest period of time you're waiting is to get the title search back. Title comes back clear, you're ready to close. Transfer the funds to the attorney's office and let's close. But that's not the case with one that is getting a mortgage. So the median home list price rose 13% annually in June, reaching a record high of 385,000. That's according to Realtor.com's data. And rental prices reached a median of 1,575 in June. So young adults are facing high rents that are making it more difficult to save for down payments. So in addition to the rents being high, home prices are also going up. 
add on top of that investors or people who are able to pay cash for a home which those offers tend to be more appealing than offers that come in that have to be financed through a lender and so all of these things that are just compounding uh, meanwhile the percentage of first-time home buyers fell to 31 percent in may and june which is the lowest level in more than three decades and that's according to the national association of realtors research and so what my advice would be to those first-time home buyers that are feeling the pressure of not being able to get an offer accepted and get to the closing table is stock your money stack your money use this opportunity to save 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 because things will change as they always do and we just do not know when but things will change and you will be able to get out there and enter into the market and purchase the home of your desire lastly 15-year mortgages reach a record low borrowers can still take advantage of some of the lowest mortgage rates of all time rates are still pretty low right now and for the fifth consecutive week, 30-year fixed-rate mortgages have remained below 3%. But a lot of people often overlook the 15-year mortgage because many people just immediately go for the 30-year mortgage. 15-year fixed-rate mortgages averaged 2.1% this past week. And that's an all-time low now typically when you have a 15-year mortgage your mortgage payments will be a little bit higher however if you factor in the decrease in percentage that you will have to pay compared to a 30-year mortgage especially over that extra 15 years that you're not going to have that mortgage typically you will pay a lot less over the life of that loan for that home than what you would pay had you have gotten a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. So you have to look at it from the standpoint, it's the savings that you take advantage of over term instead of on a monthly, you know, I'm paying X number of dollars less by having a 30-year mortgage. However, the savings by having a 15-year mortgage may far outweigh the additional 15 years that you stay in on a 30-year mortgage. So I think it would be smart for not only buyers, but others to go and consider refinancing down to the 15-year mortgage. That's all for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and rate us. Good or bad, let us know what you like and how we can improve. Cynthia and myself are affiliated with Alert, a licensed real estate brokerage and real estate school. So whether you're looking to buy and sell a home or become a licensed salesperson or broker, we hope you'll give us the opportunity to help you achieve those goals. Just looking for free information? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit the website at alertpropertiesre.com. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing.